Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. The weekly theme will be simple as well as rich and something you can apply to your real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. Back when I lived in Chicago, I was going through some pretty transformational and tumultuous times. I was in my mid-twenties, and I had just gotten engaged to a very sweet young man, but who ultimately I discovered wasn't my person. And the short story of that time period is that I ended up pretty abruptly sleeping on the couch of the Lieben sisters, Hannah and Hilary Lieben. The two things that I remember most, the coffee in the mornings and the laughter. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was a dungeon apartment. It was very tiny and it actually had very little light. And it seems like that Buena Vista Social Club was always playing. And Hannah and Hillary, they were always kind of putting on costumes and, and Hillary was filming different skits and they were coming up with really interesting ways to entertain themselves and um, it was just like kind of being in an art art space all the time in this tiny crumbly dark little place turns out was one of the most special places that I've ever spent time in it was the first place I remember having really good strong coffee and they they made coffee in one of those little silver metal Italian espresso makers that you boil on the stove where you put a little bit of water in the bottom. And then there's a little cup where you put the espresso grounds and then you screw on the top and it bubbles up through. And they taught me how to make my own lattes with steamed milk. And on many mornings, one of them would make me a cup of coffee and bring it to me on the couch. I don't remember exactly how long I stayed there. It was maybe like three weeks or a month, but it was long enough to give me a chance to find a new apartment and to figure out where I was going to land. And it was also long enough to see something in them that I felt like at the time was significantly lacking in me. These sisters had this chemistry together And they would just howl with laughter on a regular basis. And it was completely infectious just to be around them. And they were always truly having fun, which I was so attracted to because my natural state um, usually is pretty serious and overthinking. And I noticed a difference in how they were and how I was. And it wasn't it wasn't just about the laughing and the having fun and the, just the personality difference. And it wasn't just about the ability to be easy and light, which probably, um, <laughs> not surprisingly to those of you who have listened for a while, has never been easy for me. But it was more than that. And I don't think that I named it back then. I don't think I had words for it. But I remember thinking to myself at the time, I just want to feel at home. 
at home on the inside. I want to have a home base inside of me that's not so easily destroyed by the weather or by a breakup or a flat tire or by an argument or a criticism. I wanted, I was searching for a place inside of me that was mostly steady no matter what happened. I was looking for inside peace, a slice of peace that felt like that I understood who I was and I wasn't always searching and and trying and scattering myself around to be all the things that I saw around me. I was looking for me. And once I found her, I was looking to be okay with what I found. And the Lieben sisters, both of them, always just seemed to know and love who, who they were. And now I know, and you probably know, that things are never as simple and evenly understood as they might seem. And if I didn't know then, I do know now that Hannah and Hillary probably were bumping up against their own insecurities and things like that. But usually it's harder to see that in people that we admire and people that seem like that they got the manual and you didn't. (laughs) And the Lieben sisters seem to be actually so in the middle of every moment and every experience that they didn't even seem aware of how they looked or how they were coming across to anybody else because they weren't they weren't bothered with taking the temperature of anybody else around them instead they were just immersed in this really joyful life-giving artistic land that they had all the time and usually um usually their immersion was in something really funny and lighthearted and it looked like home to me like they were always at home and at that time in my life i was never never feeling at home with myself and it and it was really what i was looking for the most i think and so fast forward to now which is 20 years Gosh, that's kind of hard to believe. 20 years since I had coffee on the Lehman Sisters couch. And and I noticed Hillary recently doing something interesting on social media that caught my attention. And not surprisingly, she's still an artist and a filmmaker and a cartoonist and a designer. And she's super talented, multi-talented. And a few weeks ago, she started posting paintings that she was working on. And... On the caption of the first painting she posted, she said that she hadn't painted since college and she was just trying it on for a while. And it was a picture of a painting that had a blonde woman with her hair sort of blowing in the wind. And the next painting she posted was a brunette with very big eyes and a sharp nose and she was pretty serious and I liked her immediately. And Hillary said on the post, my dad said I needed to, needed to do 10 of these to get somewhere. I'm not sure about this one, but I do like the nose. That's what she said. And the painting she posted after that was one of a woman who's, who's pretty in the traditional sense. And Hillary wrote, I'm kind of bored with this one, but I do like the background. I regret choosing a reference that looks so model-like. I also regret choosing someone who has a hand. 
<laughs> I guess hands are really hard. Um, each new painting she posted, she would get more specific in what she would ask people about and how she was feeling about the state of the painting and the state of her process. And the comments, which I started reading, got progressively more interesting and helpful the more specific she was about her process. And the next painting she posted was a, was a dark-haired woman on the sand with her face in profile. And Hillary said, this one looks great close up, but it looks bad far away. Weird. Well, I zoomed in and she was right. And I couldn't say why, but it did look considerably better up close and sort of amateur from far away. And the people who commented on that post had all sorts of ideas as to why. And the next painting that she posted had a lot of branches with a woman sort of encased in these branches and her face was confrontational. And she seemed to be asking something of the viewer. And Hillary wrote, I was hesitant to post this because I don't think it's done. It was kind of ambitious, maybe too ambitious. And it's also a pretty large canvas. There are details here I could work on more, but I might just dislike it too much to spend more time. It turned out to look so new age-ish, which I don't like. Is there a way to fix this painting? What do you think? And the comments on this one were my favorite. My favorite comment on that thread was, if you're not satisfied, step away for a while and look at it with a new perspective. You may change your mind or confirm your feelings. Picasso hid his famous Cubist painting, The Young Women of Avignon, under a blanket in his studio, afraid that it was horrible. Many of his friends who saw it agreed that it was bad. It is today considered the seminal painting for Cubism and modern art. Who the hell knows? My advice, which isn't worth much, is to be comfortable with taking a chance and the hell with everyone else. Good luck. That was my favorite comment, and I thought, oh, it's so applicable to so many things. <laughs> um, so I was, I was collecting all sorts of good stuff from the advice for Hillary's paintings, and I guess what I loved the most is the honesty and the true curiosity that she was coming to it with, which, in my experience with her, has always been the case with Hillary and her sister Hannah, who's equally as artistic and authentic. And so... Why am I telling you all of this? I think sometimes the art of being at home with yourself, like really at peace with who you are, the kind of peace that allows us to be curious, really curious about our own growth instead of defensive about it, and just know who we are, be at home with who we are. The kind of peace and internal home that allows for vulnerability, honesty, and a, pra and a praise and sort of an honoring of the messy process, rather than pretending that we've already arrived at some profound wisdom. That brand of being at home sometimes, many times, comes with age. And on the other hand, Sometimes even really young people can already be lucky enough to admit that and have that, like the Lieben sisters. And that kind of being at home means that your core is not destroyed 
when you are provoked or criticized or questioned or even abandoned, because you already know that you'll never abandon yourself. You've already established that. One, one important thing that I've learned since my 20s, since sipping coffee on the Lieben sisters' couch in cold Chicago so many years ago, is there is not some slippery thing, some shiny jewel of a thing that is out there that I have not gotten yet. And I also know that nobody has received the manual to life, not even the Lieben sisters. And it is not the case that I or that you were just simply left off the mailing list. (laughs) There's not something out there to get, to attain, to arrive at, that you just simply haven't tried hard enough to get or met the right therapist or the right acupuncturist. And it's not because you still haven't read the book that is going to change everything and help you plop that into place where your life can truly begin because now you have that thing. And I'll tell you that even while I know, I now know this intellectually and I can tell you this and I can affirm this for myself and for you, and I have evolved some since my 20s, I regularly forget it and I get pulled into the undertow of kind of looking for the answer that's just going to bring me home. Just last night, I had ordered Brene Brown's new book and just last night it arrived in the mail and I opened it and it's just really beautiful. It's heavy and feels substantial and it's it's red and it's exquisite. It has this beautiful um imagery of a heart on the front and it kind of looks like it might have what we've all been looking for just holding it made me feel hopeful and I put it on my desk and I smiled and I thought this could be it it could be the thing (laughs) this was last night but I caught myself because I've done this a million times and I know by now that feeling of home doesn't happen when I'm looking out but it happens in the moments where I'm looking in. And when I'm giving myself the trust and the credit and the knowing that freedom and peace, they come from stripping away everything and everyone else and realizing that I already contain what I need. I'm already at home. And the practice, the actual practice is just remembering that. I also know now that the flavors of home and peace look very different on each person. I think that I used to feel like when I was with Hillary and Hannah, that if I just had a dose of what they had, what they seemed to know naturally in that little guidebook that they were given, then I would be at home too. What I know now is that my home will always be different than theirs or yours. This is so individual. And I was over time able to recognize that my home was actually more serious than many people's and probably less fun and definitely less funny. 
And, and that wasn't where I was the most myself. And once I accepted that and really began to mine and to excavate where I felt the most alive, that's when I started to feel the most at home. So the big news is that you already have what you need. You have everything you need for your highest potential to take hold. So instead of collecting more people and things and books and quotes and podcasts, our task, your task, my task, is to strip away the things that are laying on top of your light. Your worry about how other people judge you, your looks, your low self-worth, all the things that clog you up, you have to start chipping away at those. And it's really deep, dark work sometimes. It's not a pill and it's not an easy fix, but I can tell you that it's worth it. And you have to keep doing it so that it doesn't build up and block your light. So stop looking out there somewhere for it. Stop mistaking it as something other people have. And that if you just had what they have, then you'd be okay. Theirs is nothing like yours. Their home is nothing like your home. This is such an individual quest. And for me, this has come and is still coming with getting older. I don't know if y'all have seen that. Um, there's a like a 10-year challenge that's going around on social media. And it's like, you post a picture of yourself 10 years ago and then one from now and then say something about that. And, and the ones that, that I've seen are mostly of women. And, and the one from 10 years ago is sometimes thinner and more makeup, more posed, more modelish looking maybe than the more recent one. And the more recent one, almost in every case I've seen, there is something usually more beautiful The later picture is usually easier and less posed and more assured. And there's something more real about it. And I recently did this challenge and posted these two photos of myself. And internally, I know that I feel like an entirely different human now for a million reasons. And that getting older has brought more loss, but it's also come with more patience and more um, more resilience and I get up quicker now and I look in the mirror less and I know that I don't want to miss the places where it all lines up even if it's just for a day when it lines up the places where joy and where release flood in because life feels like it's getting faster all of it does and I think about, especially in the light of the recent, um, the recent shootings in Denver and the recent lives lost, I think what a privilege it is to get older. And I will take all that comes with that. I also, as I think about who my mentors and teachers and heroines are, all of them, every single one I can think of are soft and and weathered and wise and well-traveled and very lucky with Truxel and they become asymmetrical with age and with life. 
Anne Lamott, Mary Oliver, Rebecca Solnit, Annie Dillard, Cheryl Strayed, and, and so many more than I, I'm going to take time to list here. The most beautiful, beautiful people I know are the ones that have become malleable enough to change and to really find their true calling, to kind of change with where life has taken them, to move with it. And they've learned to answer that call, which when you answer that call, that's what brings us home. And the most beautiful people I know have found their home, their internal home. And I've been thinking about this idea of internal home so much and how it's never been easy for me to trust and feel and access, but it has become easier with age. I was watching our dog yesterday, <laughs> Maybell, who has one ear that never goes up and one ear that's always up. So she always kind of looks like she has a question and it always sort of makes her look like she's still a puppy. And Maybell is such a dog. She's never not a dog. She, of course, doesn't think about being a certain way in front of me in a different way in front of somebody else. She's just Maybell. She's always and ever herself. Everything honest, and it's completely her. And I thought about me and about us and about how there's so much that covers our usness up, our true nature, how we honestly come in. And the more often we remember that we already contain this us, the answer, the holy grail of home and peace and deep connection, the more often that we remember that we don't have to go outside ourselves for it, the less we're going to suffer, I think. And again, I'll say that because our memory is very forgetful about this, mine included, it's not a place we arrive but a place we see glimpses of. And the more we access it, the more glimpses we get. And then we forget, and then we get a glimpse of home again, of what it feels like to be ourselves uninhibited without the stuff that clogs us up. And I think it's like grout. Sometimes we have to really get a tough brush and scrub hard on our hands and knees to get the layers of gunk off. But once we do that, that kind of elbow grease work, then the upkeep, upkeep and the maintenance is easier. And the layers of self-doubt are scrubbed away. The, the, when the layers of, of self-doubt are scrubbed away, the regular upkeep isn't as backbreaking. But I do think we have to keep up with it. One thing that helps me is meditation. It helps so much with breaking up those outer layers of doubt and feeling scattered. And... The more meditation is a daily practice, the more at home you're going to feel. doesn't need to be fancy or formal. doesn't need to be cross-legged with your hands any certain way. You can even lie down or walk or sit with your back against the wall. Just every day, close your eyes, breathe in and out, watch your breath, and stop doing just for a portion of every day to clear the layers of gunk that have accumulated there. It's a practice that you will never regret teaching yourself and, and letting that become a regular rhythm of your life. So the bullion cube, no one has the guidebook. There isn't one. Your home is wildly different from the 
from the people that you admire. There isn't something out there to get. And it's not that you haven't arrived at it or been awarded the secret. Your life has already begun. So stop waiting for it to. You find your internal sense of home and peace by shedding layers and becoming more yourself, not by collecting carrots out there in front of your eyeline. This is one of my favorite poems I'm going to leave you with. I want you to close your eyes and listen to it. This is by Jane Hooper. It's called Please Come Home. Please come home. Please come home. Find the place where your feet know where to walk and follow your own trail home. Please come home. Please come home into your own body, your own vessel, your own earth. Please come home into each and every cell and fully into the space that surrounds you. Please come home. Please come home to trusting yourself and your instincts and your ways and your knowings and even that the particular quirks of your personality. Please come home. Please come home and once you are firmly there, please stay a while and come to a deep rest within. Please treasure your home. Please love and embrace your home. Please get a deep, deep sense of what it's like to be truly home. Please come home. Please come home. And when you're really, really ready, and there's a detectable urge on the out-breath, then please come out. Please come home and please come forward. Please express who you are to us and please trust us to see you and hear you and touch you and recognize you as best we can. Please come home. Please come home and let us know all the nooks and crannies that are calling to be seen. Please come home and let us know the more that is there that wants to come out. Please come home. Please come home. For you belong here now. You belong among us. Please inhabit your place fully so we can learn from you, from your voice and your ways and your presence. <laughs> 